It's time for enemy lines. Listen, all you New Yorkers. I love New York City. The reason I live in New York City is because it's the loudest city on the planet Earth. It's so loud, I never have to listen to any of the shit that's going on in my head. Yankees suck! Yankees suck! Three run home run for Bucky Dent. The Red Sox never let you down. Baratek and A-Rod going at it. How do you like them apples? And welcome to Enemy Lines, the podcast that explores all things New York, Boston, reasons we hate them, reasons they hate us. With me is uh, my sidekick who would, it's not really a sidekick because he's really not by my side because he's in New York. Not emotionally, not emotionally by your side, not physically by your side, really just not anywhere near you What's the opposite of a sidekick? And then Um, uh, a side piece. It's a hairpiece. Did you see see Trump's hairpiece, by the way, the other day? Fly off on the back of the... Wow. I did. I know. It was a movie villain, didn't he? Yeah, it wasn't even so much that it was clearly a piece and you clearly saw somebody. There was something grotesque about it. There was something inhuman about it, wasn't there? Well, it was like it was almost like he was uh, exposing like the inner demon. It was all yes. like red and puffy, and I mean, maybe yes, we all like, look like that. But it damn. was kind of like that the the scene in one of the Star Wars movies where you first saw Darth Vader without his um, helmet on, right? And it comes up and like the it's like you see the <laughs> veins on the skull and everything. Also, um, I, you know, I'm embarrassed that I went to the Westminster Dog Show with my daughter. For the fourth straight year this year, <laughs> it's just a thing. It's just a thing. Um, yeah, but they, but one of the dogs is one of those rat dogs with the shaved. Like it looks, it doesn't look like a dog because it has no hair, like it's Mr. Just, Bigglesworth, exactly. Right? And he just looks yeah. miserable. Well, that's that's what I thought of. Tell me something. Was. Do you think the dogs feel the pressure? Um, I would have pulled out every best in show line, but uh, you know what? I'm I'm being rude because I'm not um introducing our other guest, which is uh Dr. Scott Scott Harshfield. Scott, how are you? How are you, gentlemen? Today, thank oh. you for having me. Oh, the crowd, the crowd loves him. Um, so Doc Scott is here um as uh, another representative of Boston because of the Boston sports world because we thought we'd gang up on you today, Milt. Yeah, because I don't, I don't um, know how I feel about this. You know, it's in the wake of the our Super Bowl loss. We're still licking our wounds a little bit. And um, uh, so Scott's here. So thank you, Scott. Thank you very much. Thank you both for having me. Yes. Looking forward to this. Um, he's really just an orthodontist, by the way. So, wow. um, so Milt, th- this this uh, podcast, uh, nay the shuttle, as it were, uh, now enemy lines, b- bigger, stronger, faster, uh, better pod, right? Yeah, I think I think we needed to emphasize the fact that while we um, like each other in certain aspects, really the core of each other's. Um... Go ahead. <laughs> you were saying the core is is. I, I think we have to work. No, we, I don't we have um, we have our differences, and this uh, this podcast is going to explore those differences on a weekly basis. Yeah, there you go. Look, let's let's get right to it because you were let's talking. Let's get to it. Like, you're you're in this. You're in. Are you still in Super Bowl Super Bowl morning period, or you passed it? No, we're we're kind of onto the afternoon. No, thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, um, you know what? I um, I'll, it'll sound self serving, but I, it, this was not 
on the scale of losing, this this wasn't um, this maybe gets a whiff of the top ten of our worst losses ever, but but it's it's it doesn't make the top five or anything like that. I don't know. Uh, Hash, you agree? It, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I feel like we're still relicking from last year, yeah. and this was more of okay. They lost. You give your kiss a your kids a kiss, yeah. and you shut the TV off, and you don't watch ESPN or any of the other national media for <laughs> a week, and then you move on. Yeah, you go to blackout. Like Milt, have you ever done that? I'm trying to remember. As long as we're talking about our own horrible losses, what was the last one you remember? The worst, the worst loss of my sports career, career was yeah. yeah, rooting career was. When the Yankees lost in the playoffs in 1995. Um, but you got to remember there were some differences there because we had gone through this massive drought of absolute inferiority. We hadn't made the playoffs in something like 14, 15 years. And um, they took a lead over the Mariners and just lost in this gruesome fashion. I don't know if you remember that game yeah, at all. Yeah, it was the Griff, oh, Griffey's God. wild, wild right. ride around the bases, right? That was just pure, that was pure unadulterated agony. It was but, that was um, one of the more enjoyable um, non Red Sox baseball games. Uh, not just because the Yankees lost, but there was so much drama in that. That was the one where like the Seattle brought like Randy Johnson out of the bullpen, right. and so the Yankees bring Blackjack Jack McDowell out of the bullpen. It's awful. It's awful. So, and it, it did not it, work. Isn't that one of the most fun things about playoff baseball? It's like holy shit! Like they're, like they're pulling out all the stops. Who else we got back <laughs> they're there? You know, in the janitor. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They didn't. Um, bringing in the mascot you know where you are i assume this year is more like where i was when the yankees lost in 2001 in that world series because we that's, had just yeah, come off winning more right yeah and, you know we've just come off winning all these but but the only difference is this it's the super bowl right it's a one and done yeah. experience so yeah you've already covered the winning but it still had to rip your heart out in the moment right you i mean just, did, or did did you just say eh, we've won so many it doesn't matter there's no way. It's a Super Bowl. No, no. But I might have said that the next day. I mean, the day of. I don't know. Haas, what was your you know, mental state? It was such a good game. The defense didn't show up. You just had a feeling that Brady had kept them in long enough, but it just wasn't their day. They they just showed the, – no. the, the defense showed no big play to win it for them. And we've gone down this road before with the Giants a couple times. It was yep. just – it wasn't going to happen. You felt it. That Brady would keep him in the game. He'd put it as close as he could be, but it just wasn't there. See, but yeah, Milt, you were saying watching um, without a pony in the race or however that goes, um, or probably rooting against the Patriots. But you were saying that, yeah. that you were saying you assumed Brady was going to go was going to win it, and right. Well, first Didn't of all, let me be that? clear. I, yeah. I was I was rooting hard against the Patriots, like about <laughs> as hard. Like there's there's no no horse in the race here. If the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. I want them to lose. Just, and let's you put should. it that way. Well, and you, would, and you would have been. Oh, and, well, do you remember rooting against them in 01, like when they were the underdog in, in um, Brady's first year against the Ram, the heavily favored Rams? The, the intensity of the um, feelings about the Patriots had yet to develop. <laughs> it was sort of like I had um, just eaten my first taco at Taco Bell. So yeah. I haven't had all. 17 of them so my stomach hasn't gotten into pure disarray yet but um at wait the, you're eating tacos right now or was this saying, some like, kind of comparison back in 2001 yeah. it's the equivalent of having your first taco 
on yeah. a 17 taco eating binge. Was that a it hard shell down. or a soft shell milk? <laughs> it's always hard. It's, it's always hard. Oh, yeah. Not always hard, but yeah. You know, it, it, my 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 stomach. That's what she nausea. said. That's what she but, said. Sorry, I was a little late on the draw with that one. Um, so but the point being, that right, I, I, was pro- I probably rooted against them back then, but not as as hard now. And, and I'll tell you, as much as you guys are saying, look, I knew Brady was going to keep him in the game. There wasn't no, I, a, a non-Patriots fan in the country when when the Patriots took the ball with what was it five minutes left in the game down by five points, there wasn't a person in the country that didn't think the Patriots are going to win that game. I actually wasn't was so sure. I, that's insane. The no, Eagles defense we, absolutely sucked all day. I know, but you, you Mill, say, we, we still have this Red Sox disease in us yes. that <laughs> the sky is always falling. So my kids Even were as confident as hell. But it still doesn't matter. It's living in Boston where you always feel like the sky is going to fall. Never completely shake it, yeah. And my kids are like, yep, they're going to win, they're going to win, they're going to win. But if you you look back of all the years of the heartbreaks, it still can never, you know, it's not kicked out of my head. I still remember it. So until they win it, until the time ends, it's not over. And, you know, there was something about the game, Haas, you said they couldn't come up with a big defensive stop. I I thought the the moment we were going to win, if we were going to win, was we were going to make a play on defense. So prior to the when the Patriots got the ball back with 220 remaining or whatever, on that drive, the Eagles eventually went down and got a field goal. I was I was praying for the um the turnover. I was I was praying j- just um can we have that one Dante Hightower moment or you know where is James Harrison please? And if we and as soon as we didn't get it and so the Eagles kicked a field goal so they're still up, now they're up by 5. We get the ball back. I had this empty feeling like I think we might have missed our chance. I don't know why. It was just, yeah. But, um, the, the but it's not. You guys, constant pain for some reason just gives me like this warm, happy feeling. I don't know well, it's what not, it is. Yeah, it's not like. Uh, but this one doesn't sting. I, I'm not okay. Yeah, I'm okay now. You know, I still yeah. remember yeah. in 1981 going to an 0-13 Patriots game versus an 0-13 Colts. And if they won that game, that was our Super Bowl. So (laughs) we fast forward, we have five championships. We saw the greatest comeback last year. I've seen all four championships in the last 10 years. I'm at peace with everything. You know, um, (laughs) I remember, do you remember the Zolak game? Zolak started one year when uh, like Hugh Millen went down or somebody. Absolutely. And and, um, we were, I think we were one in 10 or something. And he won two games in a row. And I just remember, like, uh, the shitty old Fox Pro Stadium just going crazy. And, um, like, Zolak doing the, uh, you know, uh, gun, f- the pistol fingers, <laughs> and shoot, shooting at the crowd. And people were like, and people were calling sports radio going, oh, Zolak's throwing frozen ropes out there. Um, Zolak. And, uh, so, and yeah, and, and, and now it's like, you know, we, we need to go 13 and three every year or else everybody has a fucking heart attack. Exactly. Yeah. But, Milt, you, I mean, we, um, Mil, do you remember when we watched the um, we watched? I think it was the. Is that your phone? Will you turn your phone off? Sure. Oh, rookie move. Oh, was rookie. it you, Scott? Sorry, maybe mine. Oh, it was. Yeah, wasn't me. Sorry, oh, look at me. You want to use a doctor, and I'm telling him to shut oh, his phone yeah, off. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. So anyway, but um, uh, <laughs> Mil, you and I watched you with your wife, me with my now ex-wife. We watched. It was the Cowboys and the and the Niners, and I think it was it's Steve Young was involved. But the point I was going to draw was is like looking back, it's always fun to see the the king get get dethroned. You know, remember when Montana got um, like nailed from behind by 
Carl Banks on the, of the Giants Absolutely. and just like yep. knocked him into yep. next week. And like that was like the end of the Montana era. Um, but the one I but the one I'm referencing, Milt, we were watching and uh my uh uh wife at the time all of a sudden got upset because her cowboys had lost, which she hadn't watched one cowboys game the whole uh, oh, that, that is a you remember that? that is a legendary brawl in the Wolf family. We talk about that moment at times. Are you serious? Anytime somebody, so anytime somebody gets shockingly upset about a sports event when you didn't realize they had any interest at all right. in that moment, we talk about that. But yeah, that... It's, it's the famous, uh, the famous Portland, Maine, yeah, Cowboys brawl. <laughs> yeah. Oh my <laughs> God, that's. That but lives in infamy. I have to say that, that I mean, we, we'll have to I my wife on. We had only been married a little, while, and so what? Your reaction was she just flipped out, right? No, I remember. I'll tell. Yeah, she just yeah. absolutely flipped out. The game yeah. ended. And we won't go into all the whole story here, but the game ended. We it's just started well. to leave, and suddenly she was starting to throw a shit fit that we were not letting her you leave wanted, before yeah. watching the other team celebrate. You were and, you wanted to see like the trophy her. thing and everything, and she was like, "I don't want to see it." The fact of the yeah, matter is, she was in a bad mood, and she wanted to leave, so she just concocted this thing like, "These are my cowboys, and I don't want to watch this continue." And <laughs> and um and it's funny because at the, to her credit, at the time, I took her outside of the restaurant and I said, "You need to calm down. Like these are my friends, and like this is embarrassing." Like, and she actually agreed, and she said, "Thank you. You put me in my place." And we came back, oh, wow. and we actually recovered. And that was the last time she ever listened to me. After <laughs> how many times do you convince your spouse, you know, that there, she's wrong? There was one moment that I think our spouses were gonna devolve into a windmill brawl, you know, with the <laughs> arms flailing. Yeah. But it actually didn't happen because you got actually, right in the way. You, you're a, yeah, kind of. It was a P, you're a peacemaker, dude. Yeah, uh, that's what I do. All right, should we take a By break? By the way, can I just okay. say one thing real quick? If if yeah. you're trying to relate that game to, you know, the end of an era. You yeah. know, your quarterback just threw for 500 yards in the fucking Super Bowl. Right. The era is not over yet. Let's oh, we, be, we know let's that. Let's be real. Okay. So I got the, the opportunity from University of Vermont to drive down to the year that the Patriots, with Drew Bledsoe leading the charge, went into Buffalo and beat the Bills and finally knocked them out of playoff contention. And to sit at that stadium and see those fans say, oh, you got a nice young quarterback, Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. These guys were just like, my heart can't take this anymore. Good luck to you. You know, we had our run. Really? And there go the Patriots. So they were sick of losing Super Bowls. Just heartbroken. These guys oh, are like. You feel bad for them. Were they, were they nice? Like they were cool too? Yeah, at the beginning, you know, they're all Bills, rah, 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 yeah. rah, rich stadium. You know, let's go Buffalo. But by the yeah. end, when they saw that, the Patriots were going to win this game. They're like, we're, we're done. These guys were absolutely defeated. I've never seen a fan base absolutely <laughs> the Bills crush their spirit. Yeah, but it must be hell. I mean, I mean, we, you know, Milt, you as a Yankee fan and us as as a Patriot fan, it it is. Uh, it's been said a zillion times, but we are spoiled. I mean, it's crazy. Absolutely, and it's like you know, you, you like that's why there was. Uh, it was hard, but I mustered up maybe three percent of my being to be happy for the Eagles fans. Because they deserve it. I mean, Milt, do you remember the, the um, you know, we, we got a whiff of, of Eagles Nation when we were in school. Oh, hell yeah. But yeah. And they're, they're, I was actually down there two days after the parade. They are still just in. I mean, they're crazy, right? I mean, they, yeah. they're looting during a celebration parade. <laughs> Fly which makes Eagles absolutely fly. no sense, right? I don't right, know exactly. if that's 
Oh, that's fair though, because like, yeah, some people loot. I mean, it, in no, Red it's Sox, just some people, obviously. Red Sox, they're insane. The, the, in Boston, after one World Series win, there were kids climbing the monster, and and the cops, you know, shot a pellet bag and killed some girl. Remember that? Absolutely. Yeah, that was, that was fucking horrible. It was embarrassing. Uh, I mean, and tragic. <clears throat> but the whole town, the whole town is just still on uh, on fire in a good way, maybe a bad way too, but. They're just, uh, it's it's unbelievable. A lot it's, of it, people are getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> like for the first time in ages, you know, these these big fat uh, Eagles fans have their day. The last time I had a nice piece of pussy was when Mike Schmidt won it for us all. <laughs> yeah, Mike Schmidt did win once, I think. But the Bills thing you just said reminded me of an infamous moment on Letterman where Letterman did this shtick where he, this was after the, the season after the Bills, or the year after the Bills had lost their fourth of four, you know, in the Super Bowl, right? He, he does this shtick where he goes, uh, sends a camera out to people waiting in line, and he's going to pick a couple people to come into the show. And um, there are these, there's this man and woman who are young-ish, like, uh, call it like mid-20s, and they're wearing Buffalo Bills garb, and they're jumping up and down, the pick us, Dave, pick us, Dave. And so Dave says... Whoa, you really love the Bills, huh? It's like, yeah, and they go, the drive for five, the drive. Like, they're joking. They're going to lose a fifth Super Bowl, right? And Letterman says, oh, you guys are husband and wife? And they go, brother and sister. And so it was so weird. It was like he, he, he did that classic, like, Eddie Murphy style, look to the camera, like, oh, my God. Oh. Like, these, are, these two are, are both uh, creepily uh, passionate about the Bills and creepily friendly with each other as siblings. Nice patent pants, those weightlifting pants yeah. that they used to wear. Yeah, yeah. Our friend, our mutual friend, Deutsch. He he would be one a guy wearing those. Yeah. Well, he's a Jersey guy, but still, um, he still has them. All right, Milt. What do you what do you got before we go to break, or should we go to break? No, we can go to break. Although I I got a I got a question for the doc after the break. But uh, why don't we uh, take a minute little, and I'll come back. Do you want to tease it, Milt? Do you want to tease it? Yeah, tease the. You got a little bursitis, or uh... my nipples are hard on this one. Question. <laughs> I got a question to ask Doc, but it's about Dave. We'll put okay. it that way. Sure. All right. Well, I hear music, so I must be in love, and I must be ready to take a break on Enemy Lines. When we come back, Scott and I do the next section of the podcast, Wearing No Pants, just for shits and giggles. Let's see how it goes. Stay with us on Enemy Lines. now uh license and registration please sir what's the problem officer uh well son lots of problems you were, you were doing 115 miles an hour in a 35 zone you have a blown tail light and a blown headlight uh, about a mile back there on the road you ran over a whole family of deer uh, and some very cute bunnies you appear to have several kinds of illegal explosive drugs and firearms in the back seat not to mention there's a 300 pound bearded man who's bound and gagged back there for some reason. What do you have to say for yourself, son? Uh, if you log on to pod617.com, you can listen to some great podcasts and produce one of your own. Pod617.com, huh? Okay. Have a nice day, sir. At pod617.com, you'll find on demand podcasts on politics, sports, music, and amazing storytelling. And pod617.com will produce a broadcast quality show for you to promote your business or professional service. Listen to the voices of your city and join the community. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Oh, uh, you know what? I uh, changed my mind. You're under arrest. Aww.
And we're back on Enemy Lines. What's up? Happy almost spring, everybody. This is Dave. What? It's fucking well, February. Spring. Yeah, almost hey. spring to me. Hey, you got to honor your presence. We got a big Monday coming up. Have you made a couple thoughts about George Washington and what Abraham Lincoln means to you? That's right. I, I honor the no, fucking Why groundhog. do you hate this country? The groundhog told me we got yeah. weeks left. President. Speaking of speaking of groundhogs, um, I'm reminded of the gopher from Caddyshack, and that's a tease for our media notes section, section coming up. There's a great new movie that touches upon the meeting of uh, the making of Caddyshack. Um, that was um, that's what you call a tease right there. It's gotcha. that's podcast business. Scott, I'm, you got that? I'm looking. All right, just to align, that. yeah, just to align people on enemy lines. Uh, it's the New York Boston thing, but uh, we're ganging up on Milt today. Milt in New York is uh, is still here, unfortunately. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And um, Doctor to this. And who's and your doc- who's our guest? Doctor Scott Harsfield. Um, yeah, we'll give him some cheers too. Oh, I yeah. like it. I like it. Well, this is actually this is important because I'm glad Doctor Scott is here because I have yeah. a, a a question that I need from a a true medical perspective. So, okay. so Doc, Doc, you with me? I'm ready. Doctor is in. Bring it on. All right. Well, I need to ask a lead-in question. But do you are you friends with uh, David Liaz on Facebook? My wife is. My wife is. I tend to being Doctor Scott. I tend not to be on the Facebook just because of those somewhat uncomfortable situations that may occur during the course of a day. <laughs> but your wife really? more than makes up for it. Scott's Wait, what, wife what are is, these, is. What are these uncomfortable situations we're referring to? I need specifics. Uh, you no, know. this may be something we have to talk off air about. <laughs> no, uh, there are some. There are people in this world that fear social media because of all the evil that it can bring. And well, the, and here we yeah. go. And, oh, and, and that's a segue. Okay, there's my segue, which is perfect. Yep. If you were to um, regularly peruse the uh, postings of Mr. Yaz over there, he is. Um, it's too bad you don't. Go ahead. Well, there. No, it's, I think he's probably better for it. David uh, pretty much uses the Facebook platform to bitterly attack any anti-patriots related content that's been pushed on the media in any way, shape, and form. Which I think Dave likes to think of as being an anti-conspiracy theorist. But Protect in the wall. Reality. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it comes across more as a state of pure denial and disinformation. So in other words, is it possible to use social media to simply defend your sports allegiances, regardless of any actual fact that comes at you? In other words, in this fake news era that we live in, is it possible that that can also be translated into sports content? So, because Dave, I think you have to admit, I think you have to admit that over time, especially in the last six months, your posts have gotten much more um, defensive and protecting explain. and protecting the perfect sheen that you've tried to develop over your patriots, refusing to admit that at times there have been, as they say, uh, kinks in the armor. Oh, right? oh, oh my God! I hope you didn't I'd just, like just like I'm, the doctors. Uh, I'd like the doctor's perspective on that. Doctor can give his advice. I'm just saying you're, you're without you're, looking. You're at about Dave's... to bring. Pardon me, Scott. You're about to bring a, a gun to a. Uh, you're about to bring a knife to a gunfight. That's about what's <laughs> going to happen. But I will let Scott answer since you posted to him. Dr. Without Scott. looking at the posts and just watching the national media, it's kind of the us against them mentality where every issue and look. 
you've seen it with your Yankees where yep. when you are at the top of your game, everyone wants to knock you down. All rise. Here comes the judge. And that's just how it is. You love them, hate them. You hated the Celtics. You love the Celtics. You hate the Lakers. You love the Lakers. When the 49ers were there, you either love them, you hate them. The Cowboys, you love and hate them. And that's just how it is. So when your Yankees were at the top, we all hated it. He's too nice. Give me a specific. What exactly have I said that is is overly defensive and ignoring the the facts? I think virtually every piece of anti-patriot, anti-Trump, anti-Belichick, not even um, opinion, but if if words come out that express the fact that maybe – Tom Brady is not a perfect human being. You no, immediately okay. go See? into ref- refu- refuting mode, and, no, and it's okay. funny. I, it's almost like it's almost the equivalent. It's like if if you know if Trump gets caught with his dick in a porn star's ass, his team just goes, "Never happened." Yeah, it wasn't me. correct. Yeah. It wasn't mm-hmm. me. It right. feels at times that that's how you feel about the New England Patriots. Again, you're not using specifics. You're doing and and you're doing the straw man like thing. Like every, you think Tom Brady's absolutely perfect, and Andy, he's not perfect. I mean, that's obvious. First off, he had a child right, out of right. wedlock. That's a moment he probably regrets. And um, he's lost big games as a player. What annoys me is when people uh, call him a cheater and call the team uh, cheaters. Because that's because that's unfair, and that it's to me that's outside. Like I hate the Yankees. I think they're in general as an organization historically smug, arrogant. You know, pinstripes, history, Monument Park. That was the day he became a Yankee. Like, <laughs> like blow it out your ass. We fucking hate that. <laughs> However, um, I don't think I don't think you cheat, and I don't think I, and I fucking hate a Rod, but I don't think he cheated any worse than anybody else. Um, so. If, if you, so that, so there you go. So you, so let me, so tell me, are the Patriots cheaters? Are, they are, are there, are there moments in, They have, I don't think it's systemic, but they've had moments in the franchise history where they have flouted the rules and they've been caught. But I think the Patriots okay, standing, give me you an, won't accept that. Give me an example. Well, there's, there's obviously the taping scandal. There's don't, use, the, uh, don't use the word obviously as um, proof because it's not. Oh. It's just an adjective. So what was the – what would you say? The what scandal? What, what do you call it? Tapegate? What, what what's the name for it way back when? Uh, right. Are you talking about Spygate? Are you talking about what Spygate, is – Spygate. Thank you. Thank you. So, let, so, so let me ask you something. I know that's what, ancient history. I know. No, but, no, 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 no. Let, let, it's not ancient history. It's recent history. What, what, was, what were the Patriots guilty of in Spygate? They were videotaping practices, correct? <laughs> no, wait, wait. You no, no, I'm wrong. You're right. My history's wrong. And I can't that, remember. You I can't ju- remember. Oh, my. Talk about making my point for me. You just mm-hmm. did. So ESPN yeah, but, report. But I'm not referring to the past. I'm referring to your posts of the last couple of months, where any time a piece of media gets posted that but no, might suggest that Belichick and Brady's relationships relationship isn't perfect. Or oh, that, no, I don't I don't care about that. No, that, you, that article was you, stupid. Um, but, but you raced onto social media, just like you know the. Uh, yeah, I like I like talking the about the Fox News audience confronting every single fact that opposes their current you know political reality. You attack as if you know it was important to refute the possibility that this alternative existed. You know what I mean? Again, that, that, you're not, 
Maybe. Have to come at me with specifics, and I'm happy to discuss. The, the, well, I do remember it being most acute when um, when that article came out, which was, you know, it was a journalist. He was writing for a reputable organization. He obviously had heard and had sources that were telling him certain things. And I think you had a little trouble accepting the possibility that those uh, that those situations were real. And well, I was a little concerned there, for you. Is there any evidence knowing what we know now in the time that has transpired since that there is some serious rift among the brass of the patriots that threatens my point being how how would you know that was exactly my point as well i don't know and the writer didn't really know either but he pieced together a bunch of conjecture and you know speculation and a couple of things that actually never happened and it was just, I mean, it didn't, that one didn't bother me that much. It was just a stupid article. Like it wasn't, it, as a former journalist, it was like, uh, it was a bunch of, uh, you know, rubber bands and paper clips put together for an article. There just wasn't much there. You remember that? Oh, absolutely. So, and, but there was speculation that, oh, this is the end. You know, they get, well, apparently, unless something changes tomorrow, Belichick's back, Brady's back, Draft is back. Right. So, yep. they're and, all back. And sometimes the truth is boring. And the truth is, of course, they've had arguments and this and that. And the Garoppolo thing, I no one was happy about it because um, they wanted to keep him. See, people think Belichick is a, is a schemer, and he is a schemer. He's the best kind of schemer. But people think that he, he lies. And if you listen to him, it's just boring stuff. But he tells the truth. He said, I wanted to keep the player. Um we tried everything we could to keep the player. And in the end, we couldn't keep the player. So we got some value for him. That's the truth. And it was boring. But no one, everyone wanted to see some big conspiracy behind it. So when you look back, it, it's all social media. When Montana and Steve Young had their thing, you didn't have reports. You didn't right. have the Internet. I mean, that could have been as just as volatile as this is now. And that could have been even more vol volatile because you have two Hall of Famers that were jockeying for the same quarterback position and Montana oh, yeah. just won all the Super Bowls. It so would have been the same thing. It would have been, yeah. It's just a different time oh, and a no different doubt time. about it. Social media makes every small little hiccup into something gigantic. And that's true in sports and everything else. But um, Milt, yeah, I think that's also. The, uh, sorry, have you watched the Tom versus Time thing? No, the, you're talking the about the inside. Facebook, the Facebook yeah. thing. And Passage. there's there's all that some, controversy about some um the kiss, some yeah. kiss he gave to his son. Yeah. I mean I'm not sure I really care about that. It's kinda of, it's kinda of interesting. Uh, uh, so so well, did you see that? Was it, did you was see it, the footage? Was it weird? Did he uh, I mean did he plant like No. No. To oh to me it was not weird at all. And if I were him, I would be sort of pissed that people are making it issue. Particularly whoever well, let me ask you a question. Yep. During the kiss, did either of their heads kind of tilt a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. And I heard some music. Oh, and oh if, the, if the heads tilt, I'm only kidding. The heads didn't really. It was extended friction there. Yeah. No, no. It was. It was just. Um, it's a good example of how someone like that, who's super famous, um, you know, uh, has to endure like the most crazy every criticism. little thing, right? Every little thing, right? It. You know what it was though. It. It. The only thing that was sort of kind of interesting to it to me is we live in an era now where sexual predators <laughs> seemingly lurk around every corner and every corner of life on entertainers sports coaches etc and uh obviously ferret out the bad guys i mean that's what we need to do but um but i think in in an era uh you know a couple decades ago no one would have batted an eye with brady kissing his his son on my my i don't mind saying when i was a little kid i remember my dad would kiss me on the lips give, give, come here give me a little kiss 
And then at some point, I don't know when it was, maybe I'm 12 or 11 or 12 or something. <laughs> you turn the cheek. You turn the cheek. Right? Just a little bit. Just a little cheek yeah, turning. Exactly. And his kid is kind of right on the cusp there. I don't know how old his, his son is, but he's kind of, I think in a couple of years, his son is going to be, hey, dad, come on, cut the shit. Don't stop kissing me on the lips. You know, the cheek's just fine. But there was nothing like, ugh, I it, and it's just, um, it, it makes me uncomfortable to, to when things get hyper-analyzed like that. I don't know. Yeah, me and, and Scott are kissing uh, right now. Well, <laughs> I don't. The lips, the lips thing doesn't work for me. I mean, look, you, if he wants to do it with his kid, go ahead. Dude, did it's you all ever? Fine. Did you ever kiss you, your your mom? May she rest in peace. Did you ever kiss your mom on on the lips as a kid? Do you remember that? Absolutely not. How about, well, your, I sister? It, it, How about your sister? You guys all the time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> all what, right. What about the time when Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry kissed in the Mets dugout? That's right. After blowing a whole bunch of lines and snorting it, and Bambi was in no, the No, they didn't. They didn't blow each other. I don't think. Oh, you didn't say that. I'm sorry. Um, they might have. How about Isaiah and Magic Johnson making out at half court? That's yep. the way I remember it. Yeah. Kissing's okay. This is Milt, did you have other did you have items you wanted to cover? Oh, well, we should mention the fact we got I mean, now that Baseball. we're transitioned past uh Super Bowl, I mean it's pitchers and catchers, man. It's uh mm -hmm. it's the real season, as they say, for us baseball fans. And, how do you and, feel about your socks? Go ahead. I, I'm two on one well, here, but Milt, let me how do you ask feel you about the question. socks? How do you feel about the, the moves that the Red Sox made? Do you feel are you scared by our moves? Did we make a move? <laughs> we have oh. a new manager. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing. That's be the best move of all, actually. Wait, who's your well, manager? Interesting. I don't know if you saw that, but um, that. who's the Yankees manager? Uh, Aaron Boone. You oh, should right. remember that name well. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, you of right. all people should have that seared in your brain. Yes. But no, the uh, ESPN actually talking about uh, dissonance. The uh, uh, Mookie Betts, I think, came out yesterday and admitted the fact that uh, the Red Sox clubhouse, despite the fact that they were a division winning, what, 93 win team, that I the clubhouse that. was a mess. Yeah, that was a mess, which is interesting because I know he's, his point of saying it is that, you know, this is a new year, but you don't usually have a winning team copping to the fact that, you know, the shit didn't work last year. But. Well, uh, the, but, proof, the proof is in the result, right? I mean, he, he, uh, did he say, did, is mess the word he used or did he just say, I thought he said, um, no, maybe mess in, might not have been the word. Yeah. I thought he said two years yeah. in a row, we got eliminated in the playoffs by a team who sort of clearly wanted it more than we did or something of that nature. And, and to me, that's just, that's, that was obvious. I think, the whole, the I, I think the whole year was a mess. You had the David Price situation on the airplane with that because right. exactly. you had yep. Pedroia with his back and not, not back in his team. So the whole year was, was kind a of a clusterfuck of yeah. a mess, and they just <laughs> yeah. were good enough to keep going and keep going, and they just made it into the playoffs. So if you're yeah, looking without, at it, without any power whatsoever, and that's yeah. as, a, as a Sox fan, is this whole J.D. Martinez thing driving you crazy? I mean, what? Why aren't I know I know the word is we don't want to bid against ourselves. And I think that makes sense. I mean, the market is not coming together. Mm -hmm. But are you telling me you're OK going in with the bats that you have right now, considering how few home runs you hit oh in a home God. run dominant league? Oh I'm sure. No, I'm asking. No, Scott, if you had heard this guy one year ago um, lamenting <laughs> at how the Red Sox were loaded with young stars and the oh, Yankees. Man. I don't want you to replay that. Yeah, I was so impressed. It's amazing. It was like it's amazing what a spirited run in the playoffs will do. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, and, you know, to the victor go the spoils. There was some exciting. No, and look, I, I am not. I am not. Um, 
I am not overconfident about the. I'm very excited about the Yankees for obvious reasons, but there's there's plenty that can go wrong. But well, I think it's funny yeah. that the fact that you can with the Red Sox, you can identify their one main weakness really easily. I mean, they they have no power. Or at least the power didn't come together as they hoped it would. And you have well, I don't a know power did, source. Did, who the Astros won the World Series, right? If I if I remember yeah. correctly, yep. Did they have a quintessential power hitter, or oh no, they? but they had one of the highest scoring offenses in the yeah. league. Well, that's fine. A bunch of guys like Altuve and a bunch of guys whose names I don't remember, but don't where, where the Sox fell apart was their pitching and they were supposed to have the best yeah, starting lineup. Exactly. And as everyone knows, always good pitching beats good hitting. I mean, that's just the clear cut answer yeah, always and always and always again. And to me, we had right. the best pitcher. We had the best pitcher, which sometimes uh, Chris Sale just yeah. drives me crazy. Come well, sail away. But, come sail away. <laughs> but but he failed. Uh, he failed. It, he is. It's really frustrating to root for him because um I'm starting to believe that he is one of these guys who maybe because he's slight or whatever, that towards the end of the season, he just doesn't have the same zip on the ball that he does at the beginning. So he can win the Cy Young, but can he, you know, throw like, you know, six hitless innings in the, in the playoffs like Pedro did that year. You remember that? That was awesome. Absolutely. 99. But, yeah, um, but with Pedro, as he got deeper into his career, he was starting to fall apart and they had to use ways to rest him mid season, put him on the, that's like, true. That's, and, yeah. and then he did come out of the bullpen against the Indians. But later on, when the Red Sox won their world championship, Pedro wasn't the stud. No, at he that wasn't. Point. He was like a number two starter, but, but, um, yeah. So, it, but, but, uh, Dr. Scott brings up a good point, and that's that, that never mind the power thing. If, if our, to me, if the pitchers are good, like David Price, uh, got his act together too late out of the bullpen, out of the, and out of the bullpen, he looked awesome. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Maybe this can work. And it wasn't. So, but listen, we should let you talk because your Yankees, um, are, um, you know, sitting fat and happy there, even though we won more games last year, by the way. But go ahead. You did win more games. Um, we did. although I read some weird, you know, they got all these, the, the stats show what, how many games you should have won. And according to, I don't know, all these metrics, the Yankees should have won a hundred games last year, which I don't know. That, but, the, well, uh, so wait, you're, so you're wait, saying that you're, you've made a point. Let me respond to it. That, that, um, lament is typically heard in Boston because even though we were in first place all year, every, um, jabroni in Boston thought that John Farrell had lost us like 15 games with his managerial decisions. So by that yeah, logic, especially early yeah. on, there yeah. were all those games we were counting where they probably lost five yeah. games that they should easily have bagged those. That's what's the, the, the one most interesting thing about the Red Sox this season is Cora and can it make a difference? Because yeah, sometimes new manager can make a difference. I have no idea why Gerard is not still the manager of the Yankees. That makes no friggin' sense to me. I have no idea. You know, if you if you really watched every game, I think you saw the tension that lay in his face with every you know all the reasons yeah. why people hated Paul O'Neill. Imagine yeah. if that was your manager. We did hate Paul. O'Neill. And I think I think I know everybody does the if they're not a Yankee fan. We loved him. We loved him. I still do. But they, um, I mean, I think the 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 unsaid truth is that they were worried about the kid. You know, now this is a young team, and they're trying to bring up young stars. And that the atmosphere was so tense and strict that they weren't going to, you know, they were going to buckle under the pressure if their manager is having a heart attack every time, you know, a pitcher gives up a, a, a walk to lead off an inning, you know? Right. So, so, so but, why Boone? Look, yeah, why Boone? That's that I can't answer. 
I mean, I, I think the, the media is saying, and, and Cora might be a little bit of this as well, is that with modern franchises, especially successful ones that have a, adapted a more kind of sabermetric approach, it's more about following the GM's law than the on-field manager's law. And that if you can get a, a manager who is a motivator, but isn't necessarily bogged down that much in um, statistics, or I shouldn't say they are bogged in statistics, but they're they're not overthinking strategy and they're more thinking more along the lines of um, what are the stats telling me I should do and just sort of let the game play that way. Um, that it's more it's it's less important to have this big genius strategy guy in the dugout. Mm. I don't know if I agree with that honestly, but that's that's I think that's a new that's a new thought that hasn't necessarily been played out. Um, yeah, uh, I still think you're not slightly worried that this 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 is a. Uh, I mean, isn't the fact that he holds this distinctive place in Yankees history for one at bat? Um, that's what <laughs> he is known for, and. That doesn't make you like a little skeptical. Like maybe it's it's kind of like a uh, almost like a symbolic hire. Yeah, I mean a little bit. I mean he's a baseball guy. Apparently he's 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 very sharp. Players do like him. We both he's got a great managers, baseball mind. We both hired managers that are TV commentators, right? That's, That's what, what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean it's it's a new way. They're not they're saying, look, I'm not going to hire some grizz, grizzled managerial veteran. Um, I want to hire somebody who will listen to new statistics and will listen to the GM and kind of follow the new baseball rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I get that, but there is an unknown. And the weird part for both of our franchises is you're taking these fully formed kind of win-now teams and handing it over to, in essence, a rookie, which yeah. is nerve-wracking. So, but I think it's less important who the manager is now. The only the only thing I fear about is Girardi did know how to handle a bullpen and does a rookie manager know how to do the same because that's one of the Yankees main assets this year for sure. So educate us on the pitching staff for the Yankees. I mean, we understand the offense. They're going to be powerful, but where do you see your starting rotation? Don't educate us too much though. Just give us the highlights. No, I look, I feel I think either are going I, one of these rotations that has, see you, you switch to the Yankees and you can't take it. It's unbelievable. Hold on here. No, we got, look, it's, we got question marks everywhere. Good. <laughs> we have can Severino duplicate his you know Cy Young almost like form? Uh, is Tanaka going to stay healthy? My favorite is part Sonny of the season Gray- was when Severino gave up like eight straight hits in the, oh my god the initial elimination that? game. That was awesome for about That's one inning. For half an inning, it was awesome. It was nice, but that <laughs> but that second half inning is when we suddenly realize, wait a minute, this team actually has something. I'm serious. Like that was when you called me during that game. Remember? Yeah, no, we have it. I was having a heart yeah. attack. Right, and that was uh, the day they all became Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. you're saying. Uh, anyways, no, I was just going through it. It's like, yeah. is Kanaka going to stay healthy? Is Sonny Gray the pitcher he was with the A's or with the Yankees, which wasn't all that great? Is uh, Jordan Montgomery uh, a flash in the pan as a rookie, or is he going to come back with a sophomore slump? I don't know. Is CC done, or is he really a fifth starter? After that, we got nothing. So now that's a five-man rotation and one that on paper can be pretty fucking good, mm-hmm. but it's also one that could completely fall apart. And I can think the Yankees CCE, are can CCE making some entire, risks. Oh, sorry. Can CC eat an entire buffet table? Too and much. also, will the Yankees sign Sonny Black to go with Sonny Gray? I think that would be the right <laughs> Do you like a f- fat CC or a slim down CC? 
Oh, I love a fat CC. That's that's the way we want them. That's it. Just juicy, filled with Captain Crunch, like literally, so that you can hear his stomach kind of not just gurgling, but like crunch, like that's that crunch with every move as he runs to first place to first base to. Yeah, I can catch go a runner. I mean, that's CC right now with oh. like some melted cheese on it. Delicious. You know? Yeah, Delicious. absolutely. Mm, Delightful. Tasty. All right. Can we go to our break, oh. Melts? Is that all right with you? Yeah, let's do it. All right. When we come back, uh, we're going to tell you what you need to be watching on television and maybe listening to other podcasts other than this one, of course. Um, but you are listening, ladies and gentlemen, to Enemy Lines. Everything you need to know about New York, Boston. By the way, we are hosted by the Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com. Check all, check out all the awesome stuff there, pod617.com. And pod617 rules! Hell yeah, baby! And, st- and stay with us on Enemy Lines. Do you like old horror movies? Do you enjoy cheesy special effects? How about bad dialogue? Well, if this is your cup of green tea, then you need to hear my podcast. I'm John O'Neill, the host of Fright Night, which you can find on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Get your popcorn ready, keep the nightlight on, and listen to Fright Night. All episodes at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back on Enemy Lines. Welcome to the podcast. By the way, that's me playing the guitar. And I'm not lying. And I hope you're impressed. Three major chords. I nailed all three of them. With me as usual from, uh, what was it? The, the wrestler who they said he was from Parts Unknown. Do you remember that? The Missing Link. The Missing Link. Okay. Oh, I was going to say from, since you're reporting to us remotely, I was going to say Parts Unknown. But Michael Milt Wolf, he of uh, Westchester County and a um, helpless and hopeless fan of the Jets, the Knicks, and the mm-hmm. Yankees. Do I have that right? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard sledding these days, boys. Um, I agree. It is hard. That's what she said. Thank you, Michael. And, you know, it's just um, the the hockey thing is something we may never discuss on this show, right? You know, it's funny you say that because yeah. I got invited for the first time to play in a fantasy hockey league. And I literally cannot name more than two <laughs> current NHL players. I would have drafted yeah. Yaramir Yager, like, with the first pick. <laughs> and right and now, I am, pick. I, am on pick. Cusp. I am on the yeah. cusp of making the playoffs. Despite, are you literally. kidding me? Wow! I can't. If you ask me right now, who's on my team, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know who these people. You know, you that's just look like, at a screen. You look at some numbers. You put some in. You put some out, and there you go. That's not right. a clue. Not a clue. Well, that's like the secretary winning the the final four, uh, the the March Madness pool. Which uh, when I used to work at. Lawyers Weekly in Boston, the um, woman who was very sweet woman, she was head of like the production, but she knew nothing about basketball. And so she came to me with her brackets and she said, what do you think? And I looked, she had picked the favorite team in every game, in every game. And then the only choice she had to make was when she had the four number one seeds in the final four. And then she chose something. And I said, (laughs) she goes, what do you think? And I'm like, well, you chose the lower number in each <laughs> bracket, so that's good, Jackie. And <laughs> and punchline to the story. Guess what? She, she fucking won. She won. She, of course, she does. <laughs> oh, we we had a pool of like the winner won like twenty eight thousand, and because this one random girl who knew nothing of anything, she went to University of Minnesota, and it happened to be like the year the the, the Gophers went to maybe 
the fr- the the final four. Final four, yeah. Just because mm-hmm. they got Go in, for she won it. That's amazing. So uh, should we do the uh, media notes portion of the show, Milt? Because I know our listeners are dying for it. it was, uh, we're the, we've me. got a new name for it. We're calling it. The, oh yes, uh, please. It's the uh, it's the enemy playlist because I think I, I want to know what you're listening to. You want to know what I'm doing, and uh, I think it works. So I have two, and and Doctor Scott is our guest, and he's not um, prepared for this. So Milt, you and I will give our notes, and Scott will react and crack wise. Um, I have two. How many do you have? I just have one point two. Well, I win. Thank yeah. you. Thank you want to start? Yeah. Hey, you want what me to start? Got? Sure. Yeah. Is there a song that goes with this first? No, okay. not at all. Oh, we need one. That's a good point. We need one. Wait. Oh, there is a song. Yes. So here we go with the crazy one. Enemy lines immediate. No, that's actually not it at all. So here's my first. I, I've, got, I've got one uh, note, something I saw, and then one note for something I'm incredibly excited about. And they, there is a link between them. But, um, Milt, I hope this isn't yours. Uh, on Netflix, um, uh, just dropped maybe a couple weeks ago this uh, biopic called A Stupid and Futile Gesture. Milt, you're familiar with this? No? Hmm. I don't think so. Oh, okay. So, Good. You have to watch this, and Haas, you have to watch this too. It, it's uh, it's so uh, us on so many levels. If you're of the generation of someone who grew up in the '80s, uh, you, you know we go, So you got to uh, think about Animal House and Caddyshack. This is a biopic about Doug Kenny, who you probably best remember him as the um, character of Stork in Animal House, who had one line in the entire movie. And Milt, you remember what it was? What the hell are you supposed to do, you moron? (laughs) Excellent. Spot on. Spot on. And um, the great thing about it is um, that I I won't spoil it. I read about this story. Yeah. This is unbelievable, his story. But they made a movie? Yeah. So they made a biopic about it. And not only did they do it, they did it exactly. Like, I can't think of a better way that they did it. So I'm not going to. There's no spoilers here, but I'll just sort of lay it out for you. So, um uh, oh, geez. Will Forte. Will Forte plays Doug Kenny. So in real life, Doug Kenny was uh, a Harvard guy who wrote for the Lampoon at Harvard. And he was the one with a friend who founded the National Lampoon. Now, I didn't even get this. I never had my Lampoon straight as a kid. I never knew what was exactly what was going on there. And they make movies. So the in, in a nutshell, there was the Harvard Lampoon, which was the comedy, obviously the comedy magazine of Harvard University. When Kenny and a friend went to graduate, they decided rather than get a real job, let's continue doing the Lampoon. So they founded the National Lampoon, which became a comedy magazine. They also then off of that, they spun out the National Lampoon Radio Hour and ultimately made movies, most notably um, Animal House and Vacation. I don't think Caddyshack was not technically a Lampoon thing. Um, So anyway, um, Will Forte plays uh, Doug Kenny. But there are other um, like famous people showing up. Like, for example, Joel McHale plays Chevy Chase, which is which this sort of a um, inside joke there because they were co-stars on the show Community, which I never really watched. But apparently it was, it was all right. So um, and there are other like people portrayed in the movie, like uh, Harold Ramis is portrayed in the movie and like all these comedy nerds who who uh, did um you know, wrote in, in like Bill Murray and Gilda Radner and all these people were involved in some fashion. Lauren Michaels is portrayed in the movie. So it's it's just this comedy rush 
of nostalgia, but also telling the very interesting story of this guy who we don't think that much about, but he was the genius of the, the magazine and the chief uh, creative force behind both Animal House and Caddyshack. And then it's no secret, he died tragically. And so this, this encapsulates the whole thing in just a very super clever way. And there's a lot of little like actors turning to the camera and winking and nodding and making all these little inside jokes that uh, you'll get. So, uh, so wait, you're saying yeah. this came this came out a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, on Netflix. It's a Netflix see, original this, movie. You're, Do you have this a name? is stupid and futile gesture. That's what it's called. Yeah. This is everything that's wrong with the streaming age because that what you just I know described this entire project is made for me. It's literally exactly. been made for me, and, and you haven't yeah, heard about it, right? The Netflix and Amazon and now and Hulu—they are dumping so much project product into the market, which is great yep. for choice. Mm -hmm. But unless you're literally on top of these releases, I know it's weird. You, you don't they know. They come about and go. It. You don't even know, right? I know. I, I agree completely. I mean, the, did, you, did you hear? By the way, this this totally slipped by me. But that Will Ferrell and who is the female? comedian i can't remember not chris they Wick. hosted yeah chris wick i saw this it was amazon no 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 uh, molly shannon sorry molly shannon molly shannon that's it yeah. they yeah. did a rose parade tongue-in-cheek sarcastic commentary track so and I, put it out there without anybody knowing about it right well you can go back that was one that i kind of heard about it here and there and i went back and watched it and it, it's not it's not laugh a minute but um it, it is great. It's what you should go back and watch it. That, the, the, I will. And it's just, it's astounding that all this stuff is example. out there and it can just slip through the cracks. And I would not have known about this project if you hadn't told me about it. That's so, so great. Mark, Mark, comedian Mark Marin, um, sorry, my uh, computer is about to uh, lose power. So I think I should plug it in. Does everybody agree? It's uh, a good choice. It worked. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, well, you got to admit, if that movie was on HBO, I would have heard of it. Absolutely. Or if it was released in the theaters, which I suppose it could have been, but I, I guess the thinking was, well, I mean, what the hell? Netflix beat everybody to they it, and, it, or they paid for it. Right. Exactly. But uh, it, it, yeah, I think it's based on a. Uh, anyway, the the comedian Mark Ma and podcaster Mark Marin has a bit about the, about this, and he says. He says he's so confused now because, like, someone come up to him, and I'm making all this stuff up, and so is he. But he said someone will come up to him and say, "Hey, have you seen uh, uh, Eddie and the Nerd?" It's like, well, no, what's Eddie and the Nerd? Oh my God, you got to see Eddie and the Nerd. It's the most awesomest show. It's like, oh, okay. Well, where do I watch it? Oh, well, you got to download Smasher on your on your phone. What's Smasher? Oh, it's an app. Like, you got to download. And like, everything is 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 like. I mean, everybody knows Netflix, of course, but just the 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 incredible amount of content that's out there, which is great, but it's hard to make sense of it. Actually, here's a tip. Um, do you know about Just Watch? Mil you know no. about that? So no. it's it's an app and a website called Just Watch at JustWatch.com. Just Watch on that. If you're wondering sort of where to find something, you just type this into it, and it'll tell you where to find it. And whether you have to pay for it and that business, yeah, but, but you got you got to know to look point. for it, right? It's yeah, a good point about so all this stuff is all word of mouth because you know you're not watching the Netflix advertisement. You, you right. just someone tells you about it, then you say, "All right, I want to watch it." Yeah, and sometimes the Netflix stuff is just like, uh, and I think this is what Netflix wants is for you to uh, go to your TV, think, "Am I going to go to broadcast TV or am I going to go to Netflix?" I just want to watch something you know enjoyable for an hour. 
And uh, if you go to Netflix, you, you're, what they do is they're shrewd about it. They'll promote something huge. And if you like it, you'd be like, hey, maybe we'll watch that. Right? Well, did you know that a Chris Rock stand-up special just debuted on Netflix two days ago? No, I did not know that. I didn't. This is Chris Rock's first stand-up special wow. in years, and it just got released on Netflix, and you didn't know about it. I only knew about it because I fi- I saw... We should know about it. We should know about we it. We only have so much, so many things in our lives that we love. <laughs> we should know. Yeah. A Chris Rock stand-up special release is as big a stand-up moment in the entire industry, right? Absolutely. There should be billboards. There should be... And because it's on Netflix... You got to know to look for it, or else you're not going to see it. All right, I'm going to call. I'm going to call an audible here. I want all three of us to give our Mount Rushmore of stand-up comics. In but 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 uh, Milt, help me. What should the parameters be? Should we? Should it be in our lifetime, or I guess aren't in our lifetime? Well, yeah, I mean that's kind of the era of stand-up anyway, right? Correct. Okay. So yeah, like if you want to throw in a legend, like I'm not going to say it, but okay. So has everyone had enough time to contemplate? Um, do you, should I go first since I was the one who came up with this? Yep. Uh, so yep. You, are you thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm in thought right now. Do you now. want a pen and paper? No. Okay. So, I'm, and this is truly off the top of my head. Um, I think I would need to put Robin Williams in there because just, uh, mm. the crazy on the spot energy. Um, uh, I wish I could leave. Seinfeld off, but I don't think I can. So I had him up there. You got him there? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So Jerry's on there. I would put Louis C.K. in there because the, the last several ones that he've done have blown me away. Like, just awesome. Yeah, it, kills, it kills me that with Louis C.K. and Cosby, you want those guys <laughs> and you still do, but now it's kind of like, uh, you know, is what hero okay? is beautiful next? Is yeah. this okay? And oh. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody off, but just to throw a slight curveball. I'll put Norm McDonald up there because uh, I just saw his from about a year ago and it was fantastic. He's still got it, even though he's incredibly strange dude. Okay, that's my four. Okay, first of all, first of all, how dare you? Wait, are you going to say like Carlin or Pryor or something like that? Oh, Eddie, Eddie. I Eddie! Left off Eddie. I left off Eddie, yeah. Eddie! Yeah. I mean, I know, that, that I know by me. it's, yeah. a, it's you're right. short. I, you're right. I'm taking Norm off. I'm putting Eddie on there. Yeah, yeah, delirious and raw. Yeah, you're right. Yep. It, he's he's up in mind. The sound that um, was the the comic soundtrack of our youth. Yeah, he's like the uh, the uh, Don Mattingly of stand up comics. Like he's got the high of highs. Now maybe his career didn't quite come together, but the uh, the highs kind of put him on a plateau from a Yankee fan perspective. But you also got to you know I'm trying to think of names that you didn't put up there. I'd also even because I'm thinking about my youth primarily, I might. Try to get Steve Martin on that list oh, if I could. Yeah, he's um, good because he's remember, remember the seventies. You know, it's like from my perspective, he was uh, the be all end all. Can I can um, I do a twenty second uh, retelling of my favorite Steve Martin stand up bit? Um, went over to a woman's house the other night. She had the greatest pussy, and everyone kind of oozes and ahs, and he says, "Excuse me, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking her about her cat." <laughs> That cat was the greatest fuck I've ever had. <laughs> Thank you. I think you said yeah, Lay. Steve Martin's the oh, greatest Lay. Okay. Yeah, yeah he, would, See, I, right. I think, he wouldn't drop an F-bomb. It's Steve Martin. Yeah, it's Steve Martin. Yeah. I think uh, I would go okay, Eddie, Louis C.K., Steve Martin. I don't, I don't think I'd put Seinfeld on there. I know that's hard to admit, but I'm not sure. 
Jerry's stuff holds up the same way. I, I would love to leave him on because I, I, I think I, if I knew him personally, I would hate him. I think he's so smug. He's so fucking smug. But I mean, you know, and you got to start if you if you're talking current, you know, you probably want to think about Chappelle there also. Yes, um, and and we didn't, and like I said, Chris Rock. So I would probably go Eddie, Louis C.K., Chris Rock, Steve Martin as my four. Pass. You've had time to think about it. I've always liked Stephen Wright. Ooh, I mean, I you know he doesn't oh, have much shit, stuff yeah. out there, but man, Almighty, he he is groundbreaking. So, yeah, yep. and just so intellectual. Just everyone knows what he's saying, and you have to think about it, but you're with it, and you go with it. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, it's like it's like oh. he's got one trick, but it's like the best trick exactly. of all. Like he yeah. nailed it. Right. I think Rodney oh, Dangerfield definitely move a room as well. Yeah, I mean, just listen to him, and then you have great call. Richard Pryor, obviously, yeah. you know, the origins of this whole thing. Old, old school. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Um, well done. Mm, yeah. Well, Wait, you still got one. Impressive. Well, I had, uh, I had Eddie Murphy. Okay. And... Eddie, Rodney, Wright, and um, and I thought you had one more. <laughs> Let's go back and check the tape. Chris Rock. And Chris Rock. Rock. Okay. Pryor. He said Pryor. Oh, he right. Said Pryor. He said Pryor. I was going all over. Yeah. So that's um, so that's a solid Rushmore right there. How many minute? Um, I would throw in as a, a sleeper pick not not for mount rushmore but just for underrated howie mandel in his uh stand-up days it, it when he was on he was freaking phenomenal i'm sure he was on i wish i could hit if i had the buzzer sound effect right now i think i'd hit that all right i'll throw you a bone uh, did you, you. yeah did you no. see his first stand-up bit where he yeah yeah it was funny but you're you're talking about legends on this list here i'm just saying as a belongs. sleeper like like a change of pace pick he, that one comedy special he did, I could watch that over and over again. Um, he just as, the, as the we improv as we speak, he's putting a rubber glove on his head right yeah, now. Dave, Dave, get right. it off your head! Come on, don't. <laughs> well, no, that you're going to suffocate yourself. Hold on. Nah, he, well, how what about a little? Uh, uh, what about a little Danny Gans? <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have to let everybody else in on that. He was not a stand-up; he was an impressionist, right, and a singer. So, yeah, so uh, Vegas guy has to fill you in. And during the brief period where Milton and I made a couple trips to Vegas, we were always perplexed by the fact that um, uh, there was a billboard for Danny Gant, multiple right billboards all over for Danny Gant. Uh, he was a star, man. He had the in Vegas at the time the biggest contract of any Vegas performer. So weird, which is crazy. It was like on Planet Vegas, he was king. And outside of Vegas, no one had ever heard of him, right? I, I kind of oh, wish cool. I had seen him because you know he's an interesting. I saw. I want you to do a, a biopic about his life because you know he died. Well, did you yeah, know that he died yeah. suddenly? Right, right. I don't remember if there was a mystery to it, but yeah, uh, he died. I, I think it was just like heart failure or something like that, wasn't it? I don't. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't you remember the trivia question? What? Uh, what? What film did Danny Gans have a very small part in? That is one of our favorite films of all time. Bull Durham scoop of vanilla scoop Very of chocolate past uh, the beans. Good. Yeah, absolutely done. Yeah, he was not. He was. Uh, I don't think he had any lines, but you definitely spot him standing in the shower when um, the the Durham Bulls manager throws the bats in there and screams at all of them. I don't remember what that actor's name was. He's dead too. Everybody's dead. Rest in peace, uh, Danny Gans. All right, yeah. You, yeah, I, uh, media notes for you, my friend. Oh yeah, real quick. First, uh, you know, let me put aside my. My Boston hatred, just to really quickly salute the uh, Boston Globe today, who um, 
What did we? I don't know if you caught it. Ran a. Uh, I think it's on the front page, but obviously I saw it digitally. Called. Um, we know what will happen next, mm-hmm. and it's just a very uh, brief look at what is going to happen after yet another school shooting and the oh. ridiculous cycle that we're on. And yeah. I just thought it was impressive for them to. Um, it's it hardly takes a stand, but it points out this uh, the hypocrisy of this the actions that occur every single time this happens and keeps happening over and over again, which um, check that out. If you get a chance today, it's obviously prominently on the website, but um, I think it's on your front page today. Well, might've been yesterday. Well put. Um, And as awkward as it was to, to say away from Danny Gans to school shootings. um, (laughs) um, Yeah. I I actually think about this um, a lot. And the phrase that keeps coming up to me is what side of history do you want to be on? And do you really think the side of history you want to be on is uh, let's not rush to judgment. Uh, the Second Amendment is still on let's the books. politicize this. Right. You know? And let's remind ourselves that people kill people. Guns don't kill people. That infuriates me. Um, and so I haven't read the piece yet, but I take it um it, it exposes like the whole deal, the, the fact that our laws are insufficient and it's it's no, it's it's much shorter and much simpler than that. It just says, here we go again. This is what's going to happen. Just read it when you get a chance. OK, uh, bostonglobe.com. But anyway, just turning to a to a more traditional note, I'm surprised that I'm, I'm putting this on my uh, my enemy playlist, but because it's just a sitcom and it's a network sitcom. Um. It's in its second season, and yet, uh, have you watched a show called The Good Place? No, no, Haas, no, no. It, it stars one, it stars one of your Boston classics, Mister Ted Danson, is one of the stars, um, as, along with Kirsten Bell. Um, and I, I can't do it justice. Wait but- a minute, this is the one about they're in heaven or something like that. Yeah. Correct. Okay. And yeah, so what I want to do, yeah. and I, and I can't. I can't. I can't believe this is good. I assumed it was not. Re- that is exactly right. Okay. <laughs> because you hear the premise, yeah. and you're kind of like, "Oh, this is." And you watch it, and you watch it for the first most of the episodes of the first season, and it's cute and it's funny. She's kind of la la la. Kristen Bell's. Oh, totally, a hundred percent. Sure. However, this sitcom throws the most incredible twist on it at the end of the first season, wow. and then continues to twist. And twist and twist in the second season that I'm very, very close to calling this show brilliant. What? Which for a I'm dead serious. For a sitcom. Right? I'm shocked. I am binging and you and you should be. But what I need you to do is watch it and make sure you get through the first season. I can't and then But am I gonna win the first season? You will, because first of all, they're, you know, they're half hours. It's great. It's light. Melt. This is it's fun. Okay, so, it's always fun. I have it's so always fun. Mentioned. And then the first, it becomes, no, you haven't seen it. it no, I have not. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah, I kept seeing the promos and I thought, eh, eh, whatever. It, I, and to me, to me, it looked, it, to me, I'm sorry, Melt. To me, it looked like a watered down defending your life. That's what it looked like. And it, and it, that's how it starts, and it's kind of fun being that, right? With a few, you know, interesting characters and can some I watch funny it? Can I watch it with my fifteen-year-old uh, son? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's some sexual friendly. innuendo, but it's it's family oh, yeah, friendly. Pants, pants yeah. or no pants? Again, 
Cancelable? <laughs> is there any nudity? No, wait a minute. It's broadcast TV, right? Or is it? No, it's, I, I think it's NBC. Yeah, it's, it's NBC. Broadcast. But you got to promise me to get to the last episode. Tonight. And if you didn't think Ted Danson was great before, you're going to think he's great now. But you did because he's in Sam Malone. Well, he's not actually from Boston. I hate the burst your bubble. Know, yes, he's he a place in our hearts That's... for sure. And he's great on Curb. I love him on Curb too. Exactly. That Curb was the last time I ever thought I'd see him on any sort of series. New thing, yeah. Because Becker's right, so right. Great, especially as far as I can yeah. tell. Yeah, um, it's very no, funny it's when I watched Curb. Oh, wait, hold on. I, I need. To, I wanted to surprise. Right. Go ahead. So it, that was a great surprise. Um, because I never would have thought of this uh, show. And um, but wait, my question is: I agree. Is um, uh, there they have completed two seasons now? Is that what you're saying? And and the two seasons have been completed. Okay. And, and now uh, I'm going to try to forget season. about the fact that you said that. Stop talking about the big twist because I want to. Between now and then, I'll I fire it up. I'll forget when you said the big twist was. I want to be surprised. You too, right? Yeah, that's a good. I'm point. excited because now you're going to be looking for it. Yeah. You're going to be looking for it. But I had to, I had to give you that because as you're watching it, you're, you're going to be in the fifth episode. You're going to be like, "Well, this is nice, but what's the big deal?" It becomes awesome. That's what ruined, not quite ruined, but almost ruined the usual suspects for me because I remember being told like there's a twist, and so then I was looking for it and I figured it out, and I kind of wish I hadn't. And the twist, of course, is that um, the Gabriel Byrne character. And uh, the Kevin Spacey character are homosexuals having an affair. If you haven't seen the movie yet, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Um, so um, you got something else, Mel? I got one more thing, but no, no, I'm all good. Uh, all right, my last one is um, I am so looking forward to this. And I mentioned uh, the actor and comic Joel McHale earlier um, because he's in that movie, um, A Stupid and Futile Gesture. Um He's back with a regular TV show on Netflix called The Joel McHale Show. And I am uh, so much more excited than I should be. I should be um, focusing on important things in my life. But I'm so excited about this because you ever watch The Soup? Yes. Okay. So I love The Soup. And The Soup to me was uh, Milt? No? Yeah. You were not? Yeah, I used to watch it. But I mean, it wasn't religious, but it was funny. No, well, okay, so just in terms of how it's not even so much that he's so funny. He's pretty good, but the show is to me a show that we need. He was so brilliant in exposing how stupid like reality shows were and certain game shows. And then he'd do a thing like uh, he'd find a, kind of an obscure show. Like there was a, apparently a show for a while called Finding Bigfoot, and, and Joel McHale would be checking in with the show Finding Bigfoot, on which. They never find Bigfoot. This is what happened this week and all kinds of shit like that. And so apparently he's back and it's called the Joel McHale show. And I heard him on a podcast recently talking about it. And he said, it's nothing like the soup, except I comment on reality shows and make pop culture references. <laughs> and and then it was like, a, it's a big joke. So basically, I, I guess it's just like the soup rebooted. So Joel Wait, what show, is it on? What is it on? It's going to be on. It's going to be on Netflix, and it is uh, late February. Check your local listings. I don't know exactly when it comes up. I'm going to mention one thing. Well, it's great because it's going to come out on uh, it's going to come out on Netflix, and I'm going to completely miss it because I'm not going to know it's there. So it's perfect. <laughs> so I just told you about it. Okay, go ahead. Huh? So late night, I was watching uh, a commercial for the chai, 
It's a Showtime show. Have, have really? any of you guys ever seen it? It looks like a sort of a sort of the wire in a city thing slash with boys in the hood. Are you saying chai like chai tea? Like, like, Chica- like Chicago. Oh, the shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've heard about it. Ah, C-H-I, the chai. But I don't know if I want to yeah. invest any time or effort or just, you know, maybe. It's hard to know, right? Like, you don't want to go a se- like half a season and then you go the season and then it doesn't get re- picked up yeah. again. Yeah. You know, you get cool oh, yeah, that killed me when the HBO had that show, uh, Vinyl. Did you guys watch loved Vinyl? It. I absolutely loved that show. Did you like that show? Yeah, it's gone. It's yeah, dead. I, was so, dead. I was just so disappointed on that. Wait, I got confused between that and Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Was was that was Vinyl Dennis Leary or was Vinyl? It was Mick Jagger's yeah. project of 70s yeah. trying to find a recording studios. Not not with Bobby Cannavale or oh, whatever yeah. his name was was the lead. Yeah, yeah, and I uh, heard it, yeah Olivia Wilde, who's fantastic, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, it didn't take. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm with you, man. You don't want to start a new drama unless you know it's going to take. And now that you can binge, you don't really need to. You can miss the first right. few weeks. You know, figure out if people are talking your, about it. Mel, what's your and, biggest lament show that you invested in and got canceled? I have mine. Do you have one? Do you have one house? I'll give mine. I've probably already mentioned on this podcast because we're just, we're like uh, Kramer and Newman. We're, we're dead weight here repeating ourselves. But <laughs> if you've never seen it, listening audience, go uh, search through the um, archives of HBO and find a show called Family Tree. I think I've told you, Mel. Did you see it? No? Oh, yeah. That was the one. Um, no, we didn't talk about this, but oh, I did oh. watch it. It was really good. Wasn't it great? Uh, um, it, it, guy from... Uh, Bridesmaids Correct. was that, right? What that Wasn't actor's he? name is. But yeah, yeah. The, the love interest, uh, Kristen Wiig's love interest in Bridesmaids, uh, he plays a cop, and he is the lead of the show Family Tree. And it's it's if you're a fan of you know the Christopher Guest movies, uh, Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman, all the way back to Spinal Tap, um, it's spot on right in that style. But it is, and it, but and it's just, it was also just sort of an interesting premise. Like the the, the guy, the lead, um, is mysteriously left with a trunk of items from his his uh, departed aunt and starts going through it and starts learning about his past. And he learns about this ancestor and that. And then he's just so curious. He just kind of keeps going. But uh, funny all the way. And his sidekick is um, the guy who uh, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I should find out the actor's name. But um, he was in the Christopher Guest Project Mascots, which is the latest in that. You saw that one, right? You see that one? On Netflix, yeah, 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 I saw that too. Well, the, whoever the actor was who played the plumber who did a, a mascot dressed as a plumber who did a memorable dance with a, a um, you know, a poop, um, you know, see mascots, see Family Tree and uh, mascots on okay. uh, Netflix and Family Tree on HBO. Is that all you got, Milt? I'm good. Milt, you still with us? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Can you not hear me? No, we can hear you fine. Hello. It's just you're not you're not contributing creatively to the show, and I was wondering whether <laughs> something we're going to have to talk about later, or do you want to talk about mm-hmm. it on the air? Yeah. Well, I think it's been a half an hour in this segment. I think we're good with my talking. It's only been twenty nine minutes and forty seven seconds, forty eight, forty nine. Damn, I hate it when that happens. All right, well, let's uh, let's close things up. Hey, Doc, thanks for coming, man. Thanks for letting me join you, boys. Had a wonderful time. I'm David Yes on behalf of Michael Milt Wolf in New York and Dr. Scott right here in Boston. Thank you for joining us on Enemy Lines. We'll be back soon. We're not going to tell you exactly when, but we'll be back on the Boston Podcast Network, Pod 617. 
Pizza.com. See ya. Yeah. Hell yeah, baby. See you later.